something today. We're going to do this for the month of September, kind of lead off with a verse and, and talk about it. So Psalm 122, verse number one. This is a psalm of David, actually a song of David. And David writes, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Now, now here, here's something that I think is important. Church should not be a chore for you. That's not like, oh, I guess I should, oh, do I have to go to church today? Let me debate whether or not I should go to church today. And, and everybody can always find a reason not to do something. You know what I'm talking about? But how many know that we come together for a reason? And uh, I understand a lot of people have a lot of things going on in your life, and there's a lot of ups and downs of life and things of that nature. But I want church for you and for our church to be something that when it's time to go to church, you're glad to go to the house of the Lord. Amen. That we are a church of celebration and worship, and we come together to be equipped together and help one another. Remember, we're in this together, we're growing together, and we're helping one another. That's what church is about. Amen. So if we're glad to come here, then I think there will be an expression of that gladness when we're here. Now, I understand, again, you may be having a tough time right now. I get it. And, and we want to pray with you, and we want to encourage you. But just right now, we're about ready to spend time in, in worship and praise to our God. How many know that God is a good God? So it'll show up in our praise and our worship, right? So there'll be time in the next few moments where you have an opportunity to, to, to slow down and worship. But there will also be times where... Uh, we want to see the celebration of praise too that this is a house of joy and we believe that one of the marks of the Christian life is a life of joy because we have God and God has us amen so having said that I just want to set a tone this morning whatever is happening in your life God is a good God no matter what is going on God is with you and God is for you and God is working for your good and he has not left you alone He's with you right now. So let, let's celebrate and worship together today. So how about you stand up on your feet, say hi to two or three people standing around you. Think about those that are traveling for Labor Day. Say a prayer for them. And let's praise and worship our Savior today.
to the room. Everything changes and darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring when you walk into the room. Every heart starts burning Nothing matters more than just To sit here at your feet And worship you Get enough of 
to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. And I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. And just when I ran out of the road, I met a man. Savior, I thank God. I cannot deny what I've seen. I got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friend. Burdens in keep it moving yeah you welcome me from now till I walk the streets of gold I sing of how you save my soul this weary world has found his way back home you pick me up you turn me around you place my feet on solid I think the Savior Because you healed my heart You changed my name Forever free I'm not the same I think the Master I think the Savior I think God
right. Well, good morning, everybody. They never listen to me, Tom. But that's good. Live streamers, good to have you, live streamers. If you're traveling for Labor Day, blessed is your travels. But if you're not able to be with us today, we're glad you're watching us online. Say hello. And uh, we'll check in with you at some point. Well, everybody's good. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad you are here today. And um, uh, everybody have plans for Labor Day tomorrow, I'm assuming? Something, right? Something, right? And, and for all those that are traveling this weekend, if they're catching us on live stream, we'll pray for your travels and safe return home Wednesday and next Sunday. Uh, continuing in our worship this morning is, is our tithe and our offering. I asked Judah if he'd come take up the offering this morning. So, ready, Judah? Everybody say hi, Judah. Hi. See if that thing's on. There we go. Okay, I'll get out of your way.
something to give? Yeah, bring it on down. Thank you, Judah. All right, so I do have uh, some announcements for you as we're given this morning. I say hi, Cullen, but he's not listening. He's, got, he's like canceling me out there. All right. Probably whatever he's listening to is better than what's about to happen. I don't know. I'm kidding. Anyways, yeah, some announcements real quick. Uh, tomorrow night uh, is normal uh, prayer every Monday from 6 to 7, but no prayer tomorrow night. It's Labor Day. You know, take your vacation day. We'll be back uh, the next Monday. But we're a church who prays, amen? And it's so important that, that everything we do is grounded in prayer. But, so no church-wide prayer tomorrow. We'll be back next week. You have band practice tomorrow. Worship team, no worship team practice either tomorrow. Take the day off. Don't you appreciate our worship team? They put a, a lot of time and effort in for us. They do a great job. They're growing, and I, I love what, what's happening. Um, having said that, then, nursing home outreach, Sunshine Nursing Home Outreach. We have uh, outreach on September the 18th at 10 a.m. Uh, so, Benny, wave your hands around if you're interested in that. That's Benny right there. She oversees that, does a phenomenal job for us. And, and uh, I, I will say in this Wednesday, through, through the, the COVID and all that was happening, uh, our outreach in the nursing homes was so up and down and, and the restrictions of what they could and couldn't do. And Vinny, Vinny's been uh, navigating it the whole time. And she's finally back. We were able to do some things again. So we're excited about that. So if you're interested in helping out that day and, and, and uh, just encouraging uh, some people that are in a nursing home, that's 18th at 10 a.m. See Vinny about that. Also, if you're interested in membership here at Only Believe at Urbana, Sunday the 19th, the day after that, right after church, we're going to get together what's called Next Steps. Uh, even if you've been in church for a long time, but you want to get uh, some more information about what we're about and how we go about doing what we do, Next Steps is for you. And all you got to do is just let me know about it, and, and uh, we'll provide a little food and whatnot and hang out for a couple hours, if, if even that long, and just talk about what it means to be a part of this church. I, I believe church isn't just about showing up. I believe in participation because we're a body together and everybody has a part in the body. There's a reason that you're here. So we talk about those kind of things. So uh, that's on the 19th right after church. Also, uh, Tish back there has been like just getting after me for a couple weeks. So a while ago, we had an ice cream social on Wednesday night and there's leftover stuff and she really wants me to get it out of the kitchen, okay? It's just bothering her, apparently. So she's been getting after me. So today when church is over, we're going to bust out some ice cream before you go. So if, that's, if you want a bowl of ice cream as you leave and all the toppings, that's happening today. We'll get some guys to scoop it out, and uh, I'll get it out of Tish's hair. Anyhow, so other than that, uh, real quick, small groups are important to us. We're building small groups here at our church. Uh, if you're interested in small groups, we, we have ladies' small groups that are already happening. Uh, and if you're not a part of that and want to be, when we're going to kick off some brand new guys small groups, if you're interested in that, sign up on the back table back there and we'll get you more information about that. But we're going to uh, keep on building our small groups as they're very important to us. Other than that, let's get our Bibles out. Uh, we are going to close out service today by uh, partaking in communion, just so you know that. That's how we'll end out today. But uh, before that, let's get into the word today. As I told you last week, we're going to begin a series today on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Wednesday nights, uh, starting this Wednesday, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians 12 and what that's all about. So if you have questions, by the way, 
about the gifts of the Spirit or the Holy Spirit in general, go ahead, write them down, give them to me, and we'll see if we're able to uh, touch on those during this next month of September. So Galatians chapter 5, verse number 5, you don't have to throw that up, but it, but it says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that's, that's Paul writing right after he lists the fruit of the Spirit, okay, love, joy, peace, and so on. And anyway, so we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. The activity of the Holy Spirit is absolutely vital to the Christian's life. Now, what I know is that when you talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is probably of the Trinity, the one that is uh, least understood. So what I want to do is take the next month and talk about the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to kind of define uh, the Holy Spirit next week, uh, a little bit of the activity of the Spirit today, but really get into the activity of the Holy Spirit next week and what that's about. But the Holy Spirit, living by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? Now, I think it's important that you kind of define it right there. Who is the Holy Spirit, Spirit, not what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a he, not a what. And sometimes I think, especially when you, like King James, it says Holy Ghost. That kind of, in in our thinking, Holy Ghost, we start thinking of things outside of the, the... nature of what scripture says so the holy spirit holy ghost is a who not a what as a matter of fact scripturally it's a he he is part of what we call the godhead so we believe in a triune god and here's one of the paradoxes of the christian faith we believe in triune god uh, there is one god and there is no other amen deuteronomy chapter 6 verse number 4 you don't have to go there but let me just say this It says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But yet we have the paradox of the the Christian faith, one God but triune and Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, three distinct workings, yet not independent from one another. They are co-eternal. And and, and thank goodness that the early church did all the lifting of, of defining these kind of doctrines. Thank goodness they did that for us. We, we are handed our faith. You know that? We don't make this up as we go along. We, we've been handed our faith. We take care of it. We share it, and then we pass it. Amen. And, and the doctrine of a trinity is, is a doctrine that we've been handed and given by those before us. So three distinct persons, though yet one, and, and we find the Holy Spirit, actually, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. If you just want to go to the first page of Scripture in your Bible, the Scriptures introduce us to the Holy Spirit right in the beginning. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the face of the water. So we see the activity of the Holy Spirit right in the beginning in the acts of creation. Now, if if we want to put a a New Testament look on it, go to Matthew chapter number 28. So we're going to just look at a handful of scriptures today. Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19, what's called the Great Commission, Jesus is talking here. Before he's ascended, 
Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of, and here comes the Trinity, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we are baptizing people into the fullness of the Godhead, confirmed by the witness of the early church. So the activity of the Holy Spirit is very important. Um, normally on a Sunday morning, we, we didn't today, normally on a Sunday morning we open our service what's called the Nicene Creed. The creeds were written in the history of the church. They are the rubber meets the road foundational beliefs of the Christian faith. So let me, let me read uh, from the Nicene Creed for you that affirms the church's belief in the Trinity. It said, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of what substance with the Father, then it goes on later to say, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father, who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and so forth. So we stand in the affirmation of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, unified yet three distinct persons. Now, the activity of the Holy Spirit is what is happening in the world now. Because So, so Jesus comes, right? God in flesh, Christmas. Then eventually, after the ministry of Jesus, his crucifixion, his resurrection, then he ascends, right? as we're going to get into next week, then the Holy Spirit is sent. So the activity of God in the world currently is the activity of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who brings conviction. He is the one that marks us with the seal of salvation and so forth. But in the scriptures, uh, there are many times that the Holy Spirit is symbolized by things. So not every time you see these things is it talking about the Holy Spirit, but the times that these symbols mean the Holy Spirit. So in scriptures, uh, fire, wind, water, seal, a dove, oil. These are all things that symbolize the activity and the working of the Holy Spirit. Different names of the Holy Spirit we find in the Bible, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, uh, the Spirit of promise, Spirit of truth, Spirit of grace, Spirit of life, Spirit of adoption, the, the comforter, the counselor. Different ways descriptions of the Holy Spirit and the activity of the Holy Spirit. So, in the Old Testament, obviously we know we, know, we just read in Genesis 1 uh, the activity of the Holy Spirit as, as connected to creation. Um, the Holy Spirit's activity was more being set on individual people that would be considered workers for God or, or speakers for God, like prophets. So, like workers for God that the Holy Spirit set upon, you would have people like Joshua, Gideon, Deborah, uh, Saul, David. Um, obviously the prophets that, that the Spirit set upon, you have like Moses and Samuel and so forth. Uh, kind of a verse that to highlight that, you don't have to go there, but let me just read this, 1 Samuel 16, 13. It's talking about uh, Samuel anointing David. So Samuel took the horn, horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. You guys know that story. 
And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So there's an example of, of the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament we find was very individual and very specific. Okay? But when we get to the New Testament, that changes. So when Jesus ascends and the Holy Spirit is sent, now it turns into more of a universal working instead of very specific people. So let's go to, uh, let's go to John chapter 14. The book of John, gospel of John, chapter number 14, and verse number 15. John 14, verse number 15. And here, here is Jesus as he begins to promise the, the coming of the Holy Spirit at his ascension. And he says this. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And that's a whole sermon by itself right there. We could stop there and just spend the rest of the day talking about if you love him, you'll keep his commands. But that's, that's another Sunday. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And that, that word right there, the, the Greek is paraclete it's been translated comforter counselor helper um, it, it means um, it means that uh, that the Holy Spirit is being sent as an advocate on your behalf that helper that comforter is coming to help you and then one of the things that we always say and you have to always take this to heart is you are never alone that the Holy Spirit uh, came after the ascension of Jesus, and he is always with us. That, that helper, that comforter, the counselor, the advocate is always with you. Amen. Think, think, about, think about the words that, that that Greek word paraclete, that, that translate comforter. That he has come to comfort you. Or, or the... the, the Maybe the a way of seeing it is the word counselor. The Holy Spirit has come to counsel you. Advocate. He's come to advocate for you. So the Holy Spirit is with you for your benefit. So let's keep reading there. And notice it says, to be with you forever. Amen. Even the Spirit of truth. Now, that's another description that Jesus used of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. He has come to guide us in all truth, to remind us of the truth. We're going to talk about this next week a little bit. So some of the activity of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus came, and in self-revelation of who he was, in his ministry, and certainly then his death, and then his resurrection was God backing up everything that he says. He raises him from the dead, right? And, and Jesus then leaves. Now think about this for a second, by the way. Jesus is was a... a person just like you and I, physical, right? God in flesh. He was very local. He was wherever he was. If he was here, he wasn't there, and he wasn't over there. You see, he was local. So his ministry, wherever he traveled to, he was very local. So when Jesus leaves, the Holy Spirit comes. Now it's not just local. It's, it's wherever, whoever would believe the Holy Spirit comes as comforter, counselor, advocate. It's universal. That, that's why it's not a localized thing. The church is the worldwide church. And we stand in arm in arm in belief with those 
all around the world who have gone before us, who are now and who will come in what we believe and who we believe and then how we live because of it. And the activity of the Holy Spirit is to help us in that. So the Holy Spirit is helping us to live in the truth of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, whom the world cannot receive, still in verse 17, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. So the activity of the Holy Spirit is that he is with us, and then he will be where? In us. As we see in other places in scriptures that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So again, back to a few moments ago, that you are never alone. He's with you. He's in you. And he's active. Amen. Let's keep reading. A couple more verses. So to confirm this, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he comes to you through the activity of the Holy Spirit. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. He's going to ascend. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So, again, now there's the Father, there's Jesus, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Again, the Godhead is found in the words of Jesus there. So the activity of the Holy Spirit is extremely important to us. As the world is not going to know him unless they come to him through his conviction... But those who do know him have the spirit. So as Paul is writing, as we open with Galatians 5.25, and there's so much in the Bible about this. We can't cover it all in this next month. But that we live by the spirit and we keep in step with the spirit as the spirit is with us and he is in us. So we're aware of this. That, that God is with us in the activity of the Holy Spirit. And our awareness of it then allows us to be aware of his activity. That he is going to lead us. And we have an opportunity to keep in step with him. So if you are in step with the Spirit, what does that mean? That's another way of saying, I'm just living the Christian life. That each day my life has steps. If you think about it in your decisions, your actions, everything you do on a daily basis. You have an opportunity to live this life in step with the Spirit. Do you realize you can call yourself a Christian, but every single day live your life apart from God? It's not just about calling yourself a Christian. It, it's easy to be a Christian. You just ask for forgiveness. It's a harder thing to be a Christian, become one, live it, staying in step with the Spirit. That we allow the Holy Spirit to lead our life and guide us. Amen. And we're going to talk about that more next week, how that works. So after the ascension of Jesus, the work of God in this world is the Holy Spirit. Conviction, when we're saved, made a new creation, regeneration. We'll talk about that next week. The infilling of the Holy Spirit, again, living by him, being led by him. This is the activity of the Holy Spirit. So a couple, couple passages we're going to jump into before we close out. Ephesians chapter number one and verse number three. Paul writing here, the Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter one, verse number three. Now, now this little passage, we're going to read down through, I think, verse number 14. 
it's really dense right here. Paul says a lot in, the, in these 10 or 11 verses, okay? But, but we want to kind of get to the end what he says there. But notice the end and, and uh, uh, the, the connection with God as Paul is laying this out in this passage. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. That's Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Amen. We're thankful for that. And that's according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Like I said, there's a lot there. Verse 11. Now watch this. In him we have attained, we have attained a, an inheritance, have been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also who heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until you acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So, again, a lot of stuff being said there. So right at the end, Paul's saying, look, if you have been saved, how many of you have asked for the forgiveness of your sins? Okay. You're saved. Boom. Done. Fresh start. As 2 Corinthians 5, 17, new creation, right? But what's the deal about that? When that happens, you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit, symbolic. You've been marked as God's. This is mine. This person is a child of God. Notice the wording of inheritance there. We have an inheritance from him. Your inheritance is because you're a child of God. And you're marked as a child of God with the Holy Spirit. So one of the great activities of the Holy Spirit in the world is the, is the regeneration of the new creation. And you're marked with the seal. Amen. That's a seal that cannot easily be broken. You're his child. You are in him and he now is in you. You're marked. Symbolic. And it's a seal that claims you as his, sets you apart as his, marks you as one of inheritance, not only to, to new life now, but to, to, to life eternal to come, right? This is the activity of the Holy Spirit. And we stand in him as marked as the children of God. Amen. Did you know the Holy Spirit has marked you? Did you know that? Did you know that, that he has sealed you? Confidence. Confidence in the fact that you are a child of God. 
Is God a good God? Is he a good father? Will he take care of his children? Yet yeah, you're marked with the seal that you're his. You, you are set apart and separated from a lost and a dying world in him. And the greatness of who God is comes to his children that are sealed with his spirit. And now his spirit, again, is, is, is around you, it's in you, and now you have an opportunity to be led by it. So we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing the inheritance to come. God is not going to cut you out of his will. You want to take yourself out, that's your business, but I'm not going to do that. He has marked me, I'm staying in the inheritance. I'm going to live as I can in the leading and the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here, here's one more, Romans chapter number 8. We'll go through this here and then, then we'll close out with communion today. Romans chapter number 8 and we'll go to verse number 10. Kind of reaffirming what we're, we were just talking about. Romans chapter 8, verse number 10. But if Christ is in you, how is Christ in you? The Holy Spirit. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, that's this physical body, the spirit is, is life because of righteousness. That's the spirit of life is in you. If the spirit of him, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to live to the flesh, to live in accordance to the flesh. In other words, the, the dying and lost way of, of sinful living. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. In other words, in living in step with the spirit, we are beginning to learn to live new life. How do you live new life staying in step with the spirit? How is it that if, if the old man has gone, in other words, when I, I'm forgiven, you've been set free from sinful living. How is it that I live in new life while well, we live in step with the Spirit? Let's pick back up. So verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. So another way of looking at it, and Paul, again, different ways of seeing this, you have been adopted. Remember Jesus said in that passage we read from the book of John that we will not be left as orphans. But a way that we see it is that we've been adopted into the family of God. Amen. By the work of what? The Holy Spirit. And he marks us, he seals us, in him we're adopted. And, and in that then, it says those who keep in step with the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. So in other words, when you're adopted into his family, now there's a way to start living. But we're not left alone to live that way, to figure it out, to be empowered in our own will to do it. But the Holy Spirit is with us to help us. Thank goodness. Because I can't do this without him. I need his help and his leading every single day.
but to know that, to be able to look to him and not forget that he's with me and he's in me, then to start to learn what it means then to live in step with him as he leads my life. Because notice that whole live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Again, it comes after the fruit of the Spirit. That whole love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is stuff, a way of living, the characteristics of those that begin to follow Jesus. I can't do that without him. It is the work of God in my life that those things are even possible. It's only by him that you're going to be a person of actual love and actual joy and actual peace in the midst of this kind of a world. So we need him. So let's be aware very simply, aware of this, A, that the Holy Spirit is active in this world. Amen? B, for those who believe you've been sealed and marked by him, that he is in you. By salvation, his work has already happened in you because you've been made a new creation. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And now then we live by the leading of the Spirit. So let's look to him. Let's see it in Scripture. Let's let's experience him in prayer and, and, and learn to live what it means to live and step with the Spirit in our everyday life. Amen? So the Holy Spirit, he's active, he's real, he's with you, he's marked you. You are adopted as the children of God. Amen. And our inheritance is to come. I don't know why. Whenever I talk about things to come, I always point to my right. I don't know why I do that. Because it's not, it's not like it's over there. I don't know. Anyway, I always point that way. Jesus is coming again. Is he not? And in all things being made new, the fullness of the inheritance of those that have been adopted as the children of God will be realized. That's the reward. For the life living in step with the Spirit, there's certainly the blessing of learning what it means to live new life now, but it draws us to the inheritance of those who have been adopted in him in the life to come. Amen. And that's what we're headed for. Amen. We're going to close out today with communion ushers. If you guys would would grab those tables and, and bring them over, please. is consistent in the calling of the church to do what Jesus said in remembrance of him. At the, at the what's called the Last Supper, Jesus broke the bread and, and gave the wine. And now if you're here today and you don't, you don't have to take, take communion if you don't want to, that's okay. This is for whoever would come. Uh, as Paul writes, that we examine ourselves before we do so. That, that this is not... I, th- I think sometimes when you do something consistently enough, it can just turn into something that we just do. But this is sacred. Um, in remembrance of, of the broken body, of the crucifixion of Jesus, then, then to shed blood for the forgiveness of our sin. That's what this means. And the Bible says that we do this until he comes again. We proclaim his death until he comes. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, we read this a few moments ago, but 
It says, in him we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. The work of Jesus on the cross is a linchpin to our faith. You take this away and the rest of it doesn't mean anything. We're still dead in our sins. As a matter of fact, in the church, you know, the church can end up teaching a lot of stuff, but if, but if we don't teach things that are within a hop, skip, and a jump of this, then we're teaching stuff that we're too far from what this is about. Because the church consistently just simply preaches Christ crucified. And if you don't know anything else, Christ crucified is enough. Because in that is the forgiveness of our sins. So I ask this morning, if you want to kind of get up, and if you come down to center and kind of file around the others, it will help us a little bit with our, our coming to get this. You may come this morning. There's two different kinds. We have the prepackaged kind, or uh, the ladies make some, and, and for our use, whichever you would like. And after you're back at your seats, we'll partake together. Some denominations taking communion in that church means that you're proclaiming membership to that particular church. In our church, what this means, you're a member of the body of Christ. You don't have to be a member of this church to partake in communion. I, I think that misses the point. But it's the proclamation of the death and resurrection of Jesus. before we, we partake and I, I pray over this I just want you to reflect personally on what the death of Jesus means to you the forgiveness of your sins the, the working out of your salvation the patience of, of the many times you've come to him and asking for forgiveness you know but just reflect for a moment then we'll partake together Jesus, God in flesh, willingly, as, as Philippians 2 says, became obedient, even to death upon a cross. And that meant physical death, physical suffering. In our place, paying a price that we could not pay, Son of God, on a cross, 
for each one of us. Lord, we thank you for your willingness to be our sacrifice. Your willingness to go to a cross to pay the, the wage of sin, which is death, as the scriptures proclaim. You died so we could be free. You died, Lord, so we could walk in the fullness of life now, but also the life to come. You died, Lord, for us. For the whole of humanity, but also for us as individuals. And we thank you for that, and we praise you for that, and we worship you for that. So, Lord, we partake of the symbolism of your broken body together in remembrance of you. Partake this morning. what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For with broken body came shed blood. It was the blood of sacrifice of you, Lord, the perfect sacrifice, the sinless sacrifice. That the blood was given to set us free from our sins. And to begin a life free from it, to learn how to live free from it, Lord. Because sin is so destructive. But by your love, you have set us free. So we thank you, Lord, for the shedding of your blood. And in it we stand for the forgiveness of our sins. We stand in new life. And we remember the shedding of your blood as we partake this morning, partake of the cup. Let's just, let's just worship him just for a minute before we go. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all you have done. For all the things you have done, you are such a good God. God is love, Lord, and we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and your patience and your working with us, leading us in life as you intended to be. We thank you for that. So we stand in you this morning as your adopted children, children of inheritance, sealed with the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, for his glory, in Jesus' name, Okay, so a couple things real quick. Our dear Miss Casey is due to have her baby here in the next week, right? On Thursday. It's actually scheduled. It's happening, all right? I would like Briar and Casey to come down. We're going to pray with them this morning. So if you'd love to help us pray, we'd love that, okay? So we want to pray for them. And this is, this is kid number what? Six? That's an extra prayer, okay? So not only for the little one, but now number six. My goodness, the church is growing by leaps and bounds. We love it. So if you, love, if you want to pray for them, come on down. Let's pray for them. Other than that, you are dismissed Wednesday night. Come on out next Sunday. Bring a friend. Oh, by the way, I forgot. These little things on the chair, they are for you to invite somebody to church, right? That's what it says. What are you doing Sunday? So. 
prayerfully use this. Invite somebody to church. If you want more than one, they're, they're on the back table. But use this. Invite people to church. And if you want some ice cream, hang around for a minute. They'll start scooping it out. All right. Be blessed as you go, but we're going to pray today.